0: The guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of 900 CHML. We are
1: planning your financial future. I'm Scott Thompson. Don Fox is here along with Mitch Fox with Fox Group Private Wealth Management. You can find out more at donfox.net or you can call them at IG Private Wealth Management at 905-972-7420. Good morning, guys. Good morning, Don. Good to see you you and another person that looks similar to you, except much more (laughs) handsome and much younger than you.
2: Yes, absolutely. (laughs) Good morning. And uh, yeah, this is a big event today. We have a an additional fox in the studio so to speak a, there's the virtual... two foxes there's two foxes in the hen house today what's going yeah. on <laughs> our virtual studio has got a couple yeah all we have to do is add uh, my wife and my my daughter will have a family affair but yeah, no,
1: really I... <laughs> you got a family reunion going on here i'm seeing a family reunion
2: <laughs> yes uh mitch is joining us here and uh i guess uh, he's just uh, he's going to kind of introduce what he's been doing here so
3: so Mitch, how long have you been doing this? So I've actually been part of the team for about five
1: years now. And how did you get into this? How did you, I mean, obviously you're following in your father's footsteps, which is great to see, but that doesn't happen all the time. What, what tweaked your interest in this?
3: Yeah. I mean, growing up, it's always something I had interest in and something that I want to get into. It's, it's a great field and working with my dad's been a fun time for sure, um, it's, I it's heard him chuckle. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
1: so, because many, many, and, and I know this is a financial show, but this is kind of cool. Many would ask, what's it like to work in a family business or, uh, you know, with your parent in, in as you're starting out? What's that experience been like for you?
3: Yeah, I mean, it's definitely interesting. Sometimes you got to keep some things at home and some are in the office and it's <laughs> yeah. tough to separate at times, uh, especially With such a team, that's just it's go, go, go a lot on our team here. So we're always thinking about business on our mind. But when uh, push comes to shove, uh, family's always first. So it's great working with family. We all have the same goals in mind. We're a little bit more aligned that way because I think we are family. And you must have a bit of an advantage because you've been growing up listening to this stuff across the dinner table every night. Yeah, of course. I mean, even at home sitting at the dinner table we're solving all of world's problems every night, so. <laughs> well clearly you've both got some work to do there uh
1: so <laughs> what do you bring uh, what do you bring to this uh to this table what do, where do you fit under this uh fox umbrella
3: so that's been an interesting part of my job because it was a uh, it's an established team my dad's been doing this for about 36 years i believe now so yep. finding my niche market in this already established team has been interesting for sure. Uh, I originally came onto the team as the planning specialist, so I was doing the personal financial plans, working on the all the comprehensive financial planning aspects, doing them for my dad's clients as well as prospects, uh, potential clients, and really putting together all the strategies and then we would present them together and that was that was a great way to learn the job it allowed me to learn a lot very quickly and also to meet a lot of our client base
1: so let me since i've obviously put mitch on the uh, you know on the hot seat here let's ask dad so what's it been like bringing your son
2: into this fold you must be very proud yeah that's a that's a good point scott absolutely very proud um it's interesting. First, first thing, it wasn't just, he's going to start with us. He went and started his own business, did very well for about a little over a year, um, very successful. So he came from a position of strength that he was doing well in a different business. And I said, okay, it's now the doors are open. Um, we, if you still want to come into this business, we can go from there. And uh, he uh, literally has just taken the bull by the reins and uh, has done a great job. As, as, as he said, he sat in a lot of meetings and it was almost like our, our training back when I started, you had 30 appointments with a trainer and you had to sit in on meetings and that's the way we, we learned the business and that's kind of gotten away. That's again, I'm, I'm, I'm aging myself, but that was again, 36 years ago going fast forwarding. Now it's still the best way to train is watching somebody that's doing it and been doing on a regular basis and showing our expectation level with clients and i do remember and i had the exact same feeling when i started was how am i ever going to learn all this (laughs) there's so (laughs) much to learn yeah and i remember when mitch uh, thought you know took us um you know the mutual funds exam started learning all that but there's a different part of learning when you're actually trying to solve clients real life issues Mm -hmm. and there's and it's never stopping like we are learning every day in fact this week is what we call apex it's a we we do at least a minimum is forty hours per week of learning just to maintain our CFP, and we exceed that by a large margin. And this week, uh, it's a virtual conference called our Inve- Investor IG Wealth Management Apex. So we'll be you know seeing our colleagues and presenters this week, but uh, that's that's all great. That's all sitting in a classroom kind of learning, but in front of clients is still the best learning. And uh, Mitch has uh, just been absorbing it. So yeah, it's uh, it's been a great experience from my standpoint too
1: you know uh we're roughly the same age uh i
2: think you're older than i am but that's besides the point
1: um uh you you're know, talking
2: me not mitch i was
1: saying i was, yeah, say, I was thinking course. the same
2: thing uh, wow,
3: you're looking good
1: no so uh obviously uh you know we've just started a new show here and i'm surrounded by a lot of young people and it's amazing the energy that brings to the show it's amazing the energy that brings to the mindset. You know you've been doing this for quite a while and then all of a sudden you bring a, a young person into the mix who's been educated uh, a few decades after you who who brings the technology and, and just a different perspective what's that been like for you
2: well from my perspective it's been great because uh our our software we have leading edge software in terms of our comprehensive planning and you know what i i like to focus on the bigger picture so here's what we should be doing here's the client issues but. And then I said, okay, Mitch, and we'd work together on the software side and he would be the expert on the software side. So he learned our our planning software, which again is onto its third version since he started.
3: So Mm -hmm.
2: it's we're again, there's a new one called light LPP for short and it's living plan portal, which will be on our clients. uh, When they sign in, they can actually see their financial plan online. And Mm -hmm. it's uh, ever changing. So this is our new it's actually just come out this year and we're just adding that to the practice again. So Mitch is leading edge with that. And it's great to have young uh, technology minds (laughs) working on that kind of stuff, because it's not that we can't do it. But again, some of it's time constraint, too. And it's and we've already got all those things on our plate and then we have to add this on it. And that's constantly changing. So, yeah, it's great to have them on the team from that perspective. Yeah, so, what do
3: you guys? Piggy- you- Sorry, go piggy- ahead, man. Sorry, just to piggyback on that. I mean, obviously, he's my dad's roughly 30 years older than me, so technology's changed a lot from that time frame, right? And just to talk about our new planning software, the Living Plan Portal, uh, like you said, it's leading edge technology. IG is bringing on a great product here that the clients can access from their phone as well as their computer. They can actually play around with it in what's called the sandbox, which is a very cool feature. And it's also got some AI in it that can do kind of self-plans and you can run situations that are very lifelike. So it's it's a very cool program that's just coming out right now.
1: So do you ever say, uh, no, 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 dad, uh, look at this. This is how you do it here.
3: Oh, for <laughs> sure. I'll for sure throw some <laughs> things out there. And uh, oh, it's nice oh. to have different perspectives. So. It's no, good to no, see we're...
1: that the father-son relationship in a uh, in the financial industry is is pretty much the same as every other industry.
2: <laughs> yeah, no, collaborating is great. And honestly, uh, at the end of the day, clients come first, and they're and trying to solve their and come the most efficient financial financial plan for them is really what we try to always do. And if Mitch can come up with a better solution. Um, I'm all for it and versus Jay also and Gary, we said it's always been a very much a team effort here. So we there's no ego. It's all about what's best for the client.
3: Yeah, it's nice to be challenged, right? You, you don't know what yeah. the best thing to do is all the time and life's changing constantly. So uh, if I have different ideas that Don uh, didn't think about before and vice versa, it's nice to try each one out and see what's best for the client. Is it hard for you to call him Don instead of dad when you're in a professional setting? Extremely because <laughs> <laughs> I, I see him maybe five or six seven days of the week so yeah it's very difficult i think i gotta change his name in my phone to don maybe get used to it <laughs>
1: yeah that's right have a different ring for you know depending if it's yeah. dad or don what's the story all right
3: we got about five minutes left in this segment anything you want to touch
1: on before we get into the next one where do you want to go from here
2: well let's have mitch
1: uh,
3: carry on Okay. So, so like I've said, I've been here for five years and as I was starting through, I was the planning specialist. And like I said, that got me to meet a lot of people quickly. And from there, I uh, got referred to a lot of clients, kids, which it's been a big part of my first few years here. And most important thing of dealing with kids and clients is, is really teaching them, teaching them the importance of putting money away, paying yourself first, more or less. And uh, it's, it's a big thing to start as early as you can, because compound interest is is a huge deal here. So I just want to go through a quick run through of compound interest and how important it is paying yourself monthly. Uh, it's very just like going to the gym. It's very easy to put it off. There's always something to spend money on, right? Yeah. I'll put it off a month, put it off. OK, maybe next year I'll start putting money away. There's always something that you can spend money on, just like the gym. I'll work out next week uh, after New Year's. Uh, next new year's so uh, they they need a gym called resolutions because they they get broken all the time so
1: was it difficult for you to start this process not as a professional but as an individual or the fact that that's the life you grew up in it was nothing for you
3: it must be difficult to
1: convince young people hey listen this is what you should do
3: yeah it's definitely tough but especially since i was dealing with clients kids already uh, right a lot of our clients were with my dad for a long time. They're long-term yeah. clients, so it's been ingrained in their head the whole time. Right, it's, right. it's funny meeting with their kids, and they already know the pay yourself motto, which my dad's been preaching <laughs> to the clients the whole time. That's so hilarious. It, I'll be in a I'll be in a meeting, and they'll say, "Yeah, your dad told me this about 15 years ago to pay myself 1st <laughs> So I've been doing this, and it's it's really cool to see because uh, we we have the same kind of mindset on that. Your your dad told me this. So, oh, my dad told me that too. <laughs> you <laughs> so, know, it,
1: it, it, that's a bit of a uh, uh, a bonus for you because the clients that you're seeing are already partially sold. How difficult is it to get uh, the young person who, again, you know, they've got all these aspirations, they, they've got all these things they want to do and, and obviously money's tight. And now you're talking to, you know, to them to, to save for something that's 20, 30, 40 years down the road. How difficult is that?
3: Yeah. I mean, it's it's difficult, but uh, I, th- I like to give them a quick example here, which I, I do have uh, just about if you start, putting uh, $200 a month uh, away, earning 6% rate of return, and you save for 10 years. So if you start from 25 to 35, and you do that for 10 years, and then you stop completely, uh, by the time you turn 65, you'll have roughly $204,000, and that's saving for 10 years versus someone who put off saving until they're 35, and they save for 30 years, the same amount, $200 a month, earning 6% rate of return, And that's 30 years of saving the person at 65 has 213,000. So it's, do you want to save for 10 years or 30? And you show that to a young client and instead of buying three cases of beer a month, they'll, (laughs) they're, they're putting away $200 a month. And it's, it's a no brainer when they really see that visual. And And like you said, you know, if you pay
1: yourself first, you don't even notice that coming up. Yeah.
3: If you consider yourself like a bill, uh, yeah. it's just it comes out automatically it's not like you're like having to force yourself to like push a button on your phone which just yeah would be a little tougher it's coming watch out. watch the balance go down yeah 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 do i really want or do i really want those beers or not like that's the big difference yeah. here
1: you know it's funny mitch your dad said that to me several years ago uh, <laughs> we are planning your financial future i'm scott thompson don fox is here along with mitch fox of Fox Group Private Wealth Management. You can reach them at donfox.net or call them through IG Private Wealth Management at 905-972-7420. Going to take a quick break here. We're coming right back.
0: You are listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of 900 CHML.
1: We are planning your financial future. I'm Scott Thompson. Don Fox is here along with Mitch Fox from Fox Group Private Wealth Management. You can reach them at donfox.net. Or call 905-972-7420 to reach them at IG Private Wealth Management. All right. Here we are uh, in the, uh, I guess, uh, I guess area after an election. What is the post-election fallout here, Don? Uh, obviously, we spent $600 million uh, just to end up in the same spot.
2: Yeah. It's, uh, it, does, it did seem like a lot of a waste of time at the end of the day, didn't it? And uh, you know what? I, I hear that they everybody's saying it's time to get back to work and from our perspective it absolutely is the time to get back to work and when I say get to back to work it's it's having a financial plan because they obviously the and I if you listen to the show last week we're talking about deficits and being fiscally responsible obviously during the pandemic we could not be. This is a great time for government to step in, help out those that need to be helped because of the pandemic. That being said, it's going to cost a lot of money. And so there will be the only way they get money is to reduce services the government or increase taxes. And I didn't hear one political platform there saying they're going to reduce services. So it was all about increase and, and they didn't mention about how they're going to really pay for it too much. It's merely and it but it does come back eventually. And so, right now, financial planning is going to be paramount because if you don't do it, you will be paying a lot of income tax, whether it be now or maybe at death. Um, and when I say that, there's right now a 53.53% tax bracket. Right now, just like the election, nothing has changed. There's been no new budget. Um, and if you do make over $220,000, you are in the 53.53% tax bracket. Now, everybody often says, well, that doesn't apply to me. Yeah, it does, because this is where, upon death, most people's estates will have um, an income at that time at death of greater than 220. And so when I look at that, your RSPs. Are quite frankly are generally well over the two hundred twenty thousand mark at death, and then anything over that is t- is tax at fifty three and a half percent. So greater than fifty percent, I've o- I've often said, I think fifty percent, anything greater than that should be illegal because they're yeah. literally getting more than you're getting. Yeah, and so the other part about this is they have not since the um, liberal governments come in with this idea of fifty three and a half percent, they haven't indexed the bracket. All income tax brackets go up by whatever inflation rate is. So what the what happened here is they basically put a line at 220,000 and they haven't indexed it. And what that is it's called bracket creep. So every year, um, for example, the 30% tax bracket um, may have been from about uh, you know 18,000 to 43,000. Now it's 20,000 to 45,000, and that would have been the the 20% tax bracket and the 30% bracket may have been from 49. It's now 49 to almost 80. It was about 45 to about 75. So they always index the brackets. This is the only bracket that has not been indexed. So after five years at 2% inflation, it should be right now, $243,000. So if your income was greater than 243, right. then you would be in the 53 and percent tax bracket. That has not been the case. They're keeping it right where it is. So what's happened? There is a bracket rate right underneath it, and it's from 210 to 220. Well, that bracket two years ago, that was that was the bracket two years ago, and that was uh, uh, 51.97. So not a big deal. It's a, uh, it's a couple, you know, one and a half percent less. But now two years later, it's 216 to 220. So you've lost. of that bracket, that bracket's actually gonna disappear. In fact, I wouldn't be shocked next year, that bracket's gone. Well, then you start digging into the next bracket, which which is a 48.5% bracket. And so you're actually, once you start losing that bracket, every dollar you lose there, it's 5.24%. So $10,000 of bracket creep will cost us 524,000. So we'll keep losing the brackets if they don't index at 220. It's a hidden tax. Um, people don't know, really notice it that much because, to be frank, a lot of most people don't make over 200,000 a year. Until of course their estate, and then they're looking after their mom's estate, and we're dealing with those people. And they say, "Holy smokes, what is going on here? I had to pay this much in income tax on my, my parents' RSPs. We shouldn't even invest it in them." And we get, and it's the anger.
1: And, you know, the, the, again, as you mentioned, we are coming, well, hopefully coming out of a pandemic. I'm not sure I would want to be prime minister right now because now's the process of paying for all of this. And obviously, the best way to pay it is to dip into taxpayers' pockets. So this would be the time, if any, to make sure you had the proper financial planning to get us through this phase. Uh, because, again, this in this recovery phase, it's not just about... Uh, obviously, hopefully creating jobs and wealth and such, it's paying for all the bills.
2: Yeah, no, without question, Scott. And and this is where planning is, is paramount. I can't tell you how important it is. And then, and this is evident because we've been getting far more calls in the last really five years. Our business is, is, is growing because people are realizing the benefit of financial planning. They're realizing, okay, returns, investments to a certain extent are a bit of a commodity. Yes, there's some better than others. And we and and there's some managers better than other managers. But tax planning is a guarantee. If you have a good tax plan or an estate plan, it can save hundreds of thousands of dollars. Um, and you know, one area, old age clawback. So for those over 65 years old, um, if you make over 80,000 a year, you start to lose 15 cents on the dollar. It's just not. It's not quite 80, but it's very close to 80,000. So part of the plan, and and this, in fact, just just this week, I had a couple meetings. We're trying to figure out how do we take the money from the RSPs that we built up to make our clients financially independent and not pay the 53.5%. And yet, the other tricky side is we don't want to really get our old age security clawed back. And sometimes it's, okay, which one is worse?
1: (laughs) You know, it's funny because as you're sitting there trying to figure out the best Tax strategy for your clients. We had an NDP leader that was saying he was going to tax the uh, tax the rich. So, you know, my question to him was, well, why wouldn't they just do exactly what you just said? I mean, I'm sure they've got a Don Fox, a Mitch Fox that's doing this for them, <laughs> maybe a whole staff of them. So it's amazing how that's what we're all trying to do is to avoid paying the, the,
2: the not it's not about dodging tax, it's paying your fair share, but not paying too much, absolutely. And nobody really wants to pay too much. And to be honest. C- Canada in general is a lot of middle class, upper middle class incomes. There isn't a ton of the Warren Buffetts in Canada, so to yeah, speak, yeah, or the Bill yeah. Gates of Canada. There's a lot of pretty well off people. Mm-hmm. And so what this has done, it's created a, a death tax and a way to grab all the a piece of their RSP assets that, you know, thankfully, because of people like ourselves, people have of put money away for the retirement. And they say, okay, how do we get a piece of that? And this has really turned into an estate tax. This wasn't around years ago. So if you think back to 30 years ago, even 25 years ago, there was a lot of what we call defined benefit plans, where people worked for a company and they got a pension and they got X amount of dollars per year. And when they died, 60% went to their spouse. And when the spouse died, it was gone. There's no money left over. It went back in to fund the pension plan. And so the government didn't get a piece of that. Well, what happened is it, it, people started living longer and the life expectancy was obviously a lot greater. And there was also a risk of the investments. Interest rates went down a lot more. So now the pension funds had to put more money into them to have them pay for these retirees forever. So most companies have gone to what we call a defined contribution plan, which is really like a glorified RSP. So now when people retire, they get a lump sum of money and they have to do something with it. Well, now upon the death of one person, that money simply goes to the spouse and upon to the death of the second person, it then goes to the estate and then it's about, okay, how much do the kids get to keep versus how much does the government get to keep? And I personally, I'd rather have the kids keep a higher percentage than the government. That is not necessarily the case right now. It could be, but you have to plan for it. And this is where tax bracket management is paramount. You, you simply say, okay, I want to pay 30% tax now. Nobody really wants to pay 30%, but we'll pay 30% tax now. So I don't have to pay the 53% later. Or, and I've actually had to do this a few times, I'm going to pay the OAS clawback now. I'm going to have all my old age security gone for one year and I'll pay tax at even as high as 43%, but then I'll get my OAS back the following year. And I'll get, bring my income back down, knowing that I, I the worst case scenario is I paid forty three percent tax on my RSps. So you have to pick your poison, which is worse. And to me, paying too much tax is the worst. So at the end of the day, I want to I want to have as much going to your kids as a, as you possibly can. And this is why when I talk about having an efficient tax plan, that's what it's all about. How much do you want to pass on to the next generation so that they get more than the government gets? Oh, concerned.
1: Let me ask you, Don, how concerned are you? And right now, when you your, your principal residence where you live is not taxed, so you can sell your principal residence and, and not pay tax on that money. There's rumor floating around that they're going to start doing that, which would. My goodness, uh, you know, hmm. as a homeowner, you just cringe at that thought. Uh, do you think there's any any truth to any of that? That we're going to see it?
2: There may it just, be some. Is, is
1: it just a political hot potato no one wants to touch?
2: That is a huge hot potato, no question. Yeah, that yeah. being said, I think there is some animosity about those people that are are contractors. For example, they say it's their personal resident, so hmm. they 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 literally fix up a, a shack, make it beautiful. Yeah then they turn around and sell it. And even if the real estate market doesn't go up at all, they they would simply have all their labor go into it and it rises from that perspective. So therefore they end up with this tax-free growth from flipping the house. And so I wouldn't be shocked to see down the road, you you must stay in your house for a certain period of time. And -hmm. then if you stay longer than that, then it's tax-free. But if you show a a flipping perspective, you basically have taken your job of a contractor of some sort and you've turned that job into a tax-free income Mm -hmm. and so that it it would that would be a viable way to tax somebody and i don't think that would be a hot potato i think people would generally say that's about time they grab those people and they're also
1: because when you're when you're flipping houses like that we've seen that with uh airbnb
2: or whatever i mean it artificially drives up the price of, of residence And that's the other part is trying to keep the prices reasonable for people Mitch's age, for that matter. So at the end of the day, you know, we do have to look at your RSP. at the it is a tax bomb. And do you want to have the tax bomb at 20 percent, 30 percent, maybe even lose your old age security? Or do you want to lose more than half of it to to the government? Uh, that fifty-three and a half percent. So there is a couple ways you can avoid this. Okay, one is to uh, withdraw it, uh, max out the C- um, TFSA's, and if you're already doing that, start to build up your non-registered investments. So you take the money out of the RSPs, pay whatever tax at this level, at the lower bracket now, and let that invest into something that will grow. Nice thing about capital gains, you're taxed at half the rate. So instead of fifty-three and a half percent, is twenty-six point seven six percent. Still, you know, that's a heck of a lot better. Uh, that's one way to do it. Another way, if you have a charity aspirations in your will, it may be wise to set up what we call a charitable foundation so that you move money into this foundation. And if it's a capital gain, all the things that have a capital gain, you move it in kind and you don't have to pay tax on those, on those gains by moving into a foundation. This may be something you may want to do earlier than later because that may be something they may get rid of down the road because it hasn't been there that long. It used to be you, could, you still had to pay the capital gain when you moved it to a charity. That's been gone. And uh, so I have an example after the break here of what about your situation of a, a million dollar cottage and investments, and what's the best route to pay the least amount of tax and also give some money to charity. And it's uh, fascinating how much difference in tax it could be if you do things right.
1: We are planning your financial future. I'm Scott Thompson. Don Fox and Mitch Fox are here with Fox Group Private Wealth Management. You can reach them at donfox.net or call them at IG Private Wealth Management at 905-972-7420. Going to take a quick break here coming right back.
0: You are listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of 900 CHML.
1: We are planning your financial future. I'm Scott Thompson. Don Fox and Mitch Fox are here with Fox Group Private Wealth Management You can reach them at DonFox.net or call them through IG Private Wealth Management at 905-972-7420. Don, you were talking about charity and financial planning.
2: Yes, and it's uh, interesting. Uh, I was speaking speaking with a lot of clients these days. There's always a charitable aspect. And and we see them, you know, I, I donate X amount and so forth to different charities every year. But quite often we're seeing it now in their will. And that is a, you know, that's great if they, if that's something they want to do. Absolutely agree with it. It's a great legacy you want to leave, but it also can help your estate planning tremendously depending on the way you do it. So I'm going to give an example here. Let's say you have a million dollar cottage, which by the way is a very small cottage these days, okay, with an $800,000 capital gain, meaning you paid $200,000 for it. It's now grown to a million dollars. That's quite common. Your investments, are five hundred thousand, and these are non-registered investments, and they have a four hundred thousand dollar capital gain. So you've been holding on to these for quite some time, and so there's a lot of capital gains in here. In fact, you've got one point two million dollar capital gains on the second death. So if you pass away, and then upon your spouse passing away, there's one point two million dollars of capital gains right now, and there, and that would that would incur a three hundred thousand dollar tax bill. Well, let's say you wanted to donate some money to in a charity and what happens uh quite frankly i see this often in a person's will they i want to donate x amount of dollars it is not done in kind so the difference of in cash versus in kind is is massive in kind means the actual share certificates get moved to the charity in cash means they sell the the investments and then donate the money well the difference would be if you donate four hundred thousand dollars of uh, money, um, it would, uh, you know, in this story, in this particular case, five hundred thousand. There's a four hundred thousand dollar capital gain. If you did this in kind, you wouldn't trigger that four hundred thousand dollar capital gain at all, and that's that. That would save you hundred thousand dollars of income tax. So let's say I'm not going to be that generous. I'm going to give two hundred fifty thousand to a charity. Well, if you did that, you would end up the net to the estate would end up with a fair bit of money still. They end up with one million one hundred twenty-five thousand dollars after tax, and the charity still gets two fifty. Versus, if you simply just say I'm leaving all the money to the kids, the kids would end up with a million and a half dollars of assets and securities, but they would have to pay three hundred thousand dollars in income tax. So the net result is one point two million dollars going to the kids, nothing to the charity. So there's only Seventy-five thousand dollars less going to the kids, and nothing going to the charity in this example. So what a way, great way to almost, you know have your cake and eat it too. Your kids are still getting a very large chunk of money. They get to keep the cottage because they they've donated some money to the um, to the charity, but not all of it. They have enough money to pay all the income tax, and you've also helped out your favorite charities that you know, whatever it happens to be. That's very personal, which, uh, you know, may have helped you over your life, but everybody's kind of got a certain favorite bottom line is it's a win, win, win. The actual, the only one losing in this is the government because they would get far less revenue from this. In fact, they would actually get $175,000 less in this example. So they get $175,000 less and that's made up by the charity getting far more. So, uh, this is kind of a tricky thing because uh, you know as there's a lot of cottage owners and it's always a question how do I pass the cottage on to the next generation? Life insurance policy is, is one and we've talked about that before. But the next option is uh, you know certainly paying the tax. but a third option that a lot of people just aren't thinking about is well I was going to give money to charity anyway, it's already in my will. What's the best way to do this? And this is where having a, a proper estate plan will make a big difference.
1: And you know it's amazing, Don. We've seen the interest in cottages or vacation properties all increase post-pandemic. So it's gonna it's gonna be fascinating to see how the pandemic affects all of this moving forward as well. Yeah, good point. We are planning your financial future. I'm Scott Thompson. Don Fox is here and Mitch Fox with Fox Group Private Wealth Management. You can contact them, donfox.net, or call them through IG Private Wealth Management at 905 972 7420. Going to take a quick break here. We're coming right back.
0: You are listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, The guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of 900-CHML.
1: We are planning your financial future. I'm Scott Thompson. Don Fox is here along with Mitch Fox from Fox Group Private Wealth Management. DonFox.net to find out more. And you can call them at IG Private Wealth Management at 905-972-7420. The interesting thing about having Mitch here is he's giving this perspective to a younger generation. And uh, you want to speak on something pretty fascinating here. And that's, and I'm sure it's something we've all had to deal with our kids do these days, meaning young adults moving out versus staying a bit longer with mom and dad.
3: Yeah, it's one that I'm coming across all the time. Everyone when they come out of school, uh, they typically just lived with their friends and they got to have fun and they or living some sort of lifestyle, whether that was at school, going out with friends, or just not being at home with your parents all the time. So when they come out of school, they're coming to me and they're saying they really want to move downtown, but they they also have the common desire to buy a house at some point. And they don't really understand necessarily the opportunity costs of right away living at home for two to three years versus going, living that downtown lifestyle for five, six, seven years. Because it even it gets harder to move back home once you've been there for a while no one wants to come move home at 27 28 years old and parents are also <laughs> yeah I'm not really wanting my 28 30 year old kid and it's coming a, home and it's also. a lot <laughs> it's a lot
1: different when you have to move home as opposed to choose to
3: yeah or even just choosing exactly Mm -hmm, (laughs) but mm -hmm. uh, even just choosing to just because you're like okay maybe now i should start saving for a house they're not realizing how quickly those those goals of getting a house are closing in on them so i the one thing i would say is if you have the opportunity to move home because i know not everyone does but if you do have that opportunity i would definitely recommend taking it up makes a huge difference and an example i have for that would be one person coming out of school 22 years old maybe they got their first job and instead of spending let's say fifteen hundred dollars a month on rent because i'd say that's pretty average especially if you're in toronto it's gonna be more than that depending if you have a roommate or not but let's go with 1500 let's say they live at home for three years instead of going downtown and living that downtown life that they're looking for and they completely they put that away per month 1500 a month earning five percent and then they actually stop completely at age 25 and they move downtown and they get to live that life that they're looking for. So that money just sits there, whether that be a TFSA or an RSP and it grows until they're 30. This person got to enjoy 25 to 30 living downtown and their money grew to $78,000, which is great. The second person decided to move downtown right away, not save any money at all. And it gets so much harder to move home, like I was saying. So they're 27 years old and they say, I really want to buy a place by 30. And that goal is very tough. So then they start going home and they're putting $1,500 a month away for three years, the same as the first person. And at age 30, this person has roughly $58,000 with the same rate of return. So they have about $20,000 difference, but they put away the same amount of money. And this goes back to something I was saying about a few minutes ago about compound interest and how it just works in your favor, just have it in the market constantly working for you all the time. Uh, At age 30, the person who lived at home, it was $20,000 difference, they put around the same. Uh, This is also a very conservative estimate because when you live at home, you get to probably save a little bit more than just that rent. You may not have to buy a few meals here and there. (laughs) You're not gonna have friends tempting you to go out every night. internet costs, there's so many other expenses, renters insurance, laundry, yeah, laundry <laughs>
1: uh,
3: water, hydro, there's so many other expenses that he's you're going to get to save by living at home. So this $1,500 a month is extremely conservative in my mind. And also just the predictability of a rate of return. So the person who put it away those first three years, they have it in the market from 22 to 30 in this example, that's eight years. And I'm giving it a five-year average rate of return it's a lot easier to get a five uh, rate of return of 5% when it's over eight years versus trying to guarantee that over a three-year rate of return when you're starting at 27 to 30. So that's also a big decision there. Well, and also the interesting part with this is really you, you already
2: touched on this, Mitch, is your bedroom may not even be there if you wait till twenty-seven. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> your, your parents may have downsized. You probably still have a bedroom at twenty-two uh, because you've gone to university, and there's you still might have a bedroom. But you know, I, it's I, funny
1: you should say that because I've got a buddy that said we waited six uh, six months too long to sell the house. Said, if we sold it six months ago, this would not be an issue right now.
2: <laughs> and I had another friend I was speaking with. They said they they left. They sold their normal family property went to another house and they don't have a kid's room there's no name on the room they call it a guest room
1: yeah they're, yeah. they're
2: the kids are welcome to stay a few nights but yeah. they're not <laughs> un- welcome to move back and so you're absolutely right Mitch those ones that come b- back after university usually they have a little window that mm-hmm. they can actually still go back and they're still welcome but uh, 27 maybe not so much
3: yeah that grace period's pretty small <laughs> it does become either a gym or a guest room, or maybe that house isn't there at all anymore. <laughs> so do no, many said,
1: people want to think about this, though, at this stage of the life. But I guess you know, if parents are threatening to pull the rug out from underneath them, you kind of have to. It's pushing you out of the ass, getting you started.
2: Well, I do think uh, you mentioned a good point earlier. Is we've been dealing with some of the clients, and they kids have sat in on some of the meetings, yeah. and so they've actually heard some of the things. And I didn't realize until Mitch brought it up today that. When I'm talking to the parents, I'm also teaching their kids because yeah. they're relaying that same message and you're probably teaching the grandkids. So yeah, the, the, the advice of a financial planner can go generational.
1: And the funny thing is they'll take it from a financial planner before they'll take it from you. So <laughs> without question, <laughs> that's it. All right. We have been planning your financial future. I'm Scott Thompson, Don Fox and Mitch Fox have been here from Fox Group, Private Wealth Management. You can call them now at 905 972 uh, seven, four, two, zero, or Donfox.net. And of course that number gets you to, uh, IG private wealth management.
0: The preceding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified the guests on the program are employees of, or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of 900 CHML.